0: Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Good morning, friends. Happy Easter. Today's message is Easter questions, and it comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. Can a person who calls himself or herself a Christian ever doubt the resurrection of Jesus? This morning, I'm going to argue that the answer to that question is yes. It may sound odd to say this on Easter morning, but the question itself is very crucial. Let me put it another way. Suppose that Jesus did not rise from the dead. How do you explain what happened that first Easter morning? That is the question that has fascinated great minds for 2,000 and some years. What exactly happened? How can we be sure? Are there any other explanations? I know that most of us believe in the resurrection, and we hardly think about whether it really happened. What I'm going to say may surprise you, but there are other explanations, some of them quite brilliant for the apparently empty tomb. So if we stick our heads outside our doors and listen to the men and women of this world, we're going to find that there are many sincere people who have questions. Easter questions. The supreme question again is this. Can a person who calls him or herself a Christian ever doubt the resurrection of Jesus? Yes or no? What do you say? More importantly, what does the Bible say? In a few moments, I'd like to examine the evidence and reach a conclusion. But first, this major point. The resurrection of Jesus is the central fact of the Christian faith and is therefore open to every kind of question. It has been said that Christianity does not hold the resurrection to be one uh, one among many tenets of belief. Without belief in the resurrection, there would be no Christianity at all. The Christian church would never have begun. The Jesus movement would have fizzled out like a damp squid with his execution. I mean, Christianity stands or falls with the truth of the resurrection. Once disprove it, and you have disproved of Christianity. Now, in our society, there are two great religious holidays, Christmas and Easter. Now, for most, Christmas is the bigger and the greater season of the year. It's the time of the year when we gather with family and friends to sing carols, decorate the tree, and exchange gifts. Christmas is the climax of our whole year now Easter well for most people it's just another long weekend another chance to get away for a few days and even some Christians view Easter as a well let's call it what it is a second-rate holiday somehow we've gotten our thinking badly mixed up you know if, if Easter had not happened Christmas would have no meaning if the tomb is not empty the cradle makes no difference If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then he really is just a misguided Jewish rabbi with delusions of grandeur. If Easter is not true, then Christmas is only the story of an obscure baby born in an out-of-the-way village in a forgotten land 2,000 years ago. It is Easter that gives Christmas its meaning. Now, do you want proof? Well, in all the New Testament, no major doctrinal point is ever built upon the virgin birth of Christ. Not one. It's true, it happened, but it's never discussed or mentioned. In fact, two Gospels don't even say anything about it. But the resurrection? Oh, that's a different story. In every part of the New Testament, it comes up again and again. Read read the sermons of Acts. When the first Christians preached, they didn't mention Bethlehem. They talked about the empty tomb. They never got over the fact that on Easter Sunday, when they went to the tomb, Jesus was gone. This week I've been reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that famous passage where Paul reasons out loud about the resurrection and the implications if it did not happen. Evidently, some believers in Corinth were teaching that Christians would not rise from the dead when Jesus returns to the earth. Paul answers by saying, that's foolish, because if Christians do not rise from the dead, what you're really saying is that Jesus didn't rise from the dead because those two things go together. His resurrection... And And then he says it twice, if Christ has not been raised, (laughs) so what, Paul? Well, then our preaching is in vain. We're despicable liars. Our faith is vain. We're still in our sins. I mean, dead Christians have died, and we are to be pitied more than all men. And that's precisely my point. The resurrection is the central fact of our faith. Disprove it, and nothing is left. Left. That's why from the very beginning skeptics and doubters have attacked the Christian faith at this very point. It's not the virgin birth, it's not the miracles, it's not his death. The resurrection is the touchstone. And that's why questions are welcome on Easter Sunday. This is the heart of what we're all about. Everything we do rests on this fact. Jesus rose from the dead. If it weren't so important, no one would bother to doubt it. You can doubt some miracle of Christ if you want and The only loser will be you. But if you doubt the resurrection of Jesus, the foundations begin to crumble. A sign should be posted for all the world to see. Doubters welcome at the empty tomb. So it is that sincere men and women ask hard questions about Easter, and well, they should. It all begins or ends right here. All of this raises another question. Suppose we had been there that first Easter. Would we have believed or would we have doubted? What would it take to convince you that someone you loved had come back to life after being dead three days? Suppose it were a close friend or a family member and you'd seen them die. What would it take to convince you? Rising from the dead is not a common thing. At best, it hasn't happened for many generations. And If we'd been there in Jerusalem with Matthew, James, and John, would we have believed the strange rumors that Sunday morning? Let us for a moment consider the evidence. How did the people who knew Jesus best react to the news of his resurrection? I begin with a simple observation. They were not expecting a resurrection. That was the farthest thing from their minds. I mean, forget all about his predictions. Forget all about that brave talk. Forget about all those wild dreams. They had given up. It's a strange fact. I mean, who really expected problems? Who was afraid that something might happen? Well, listen to these words from Matthew 27, starting at verse 62. I mean, the Jewish leaders had more faith than the disciples, and so did the Romans. It says, the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So, give an order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate said. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. Did you get that, friends? The believers had no thought of a resurrection. Who came first to the tomb that Sunday morning? It was the women. Were they looking for a resurrection? I don't know, Mark 16.1 says they came to anoint the body of Jesus. And in those days, a body was prepared for burial by covering it with spices and then pouring on a, a sticky ointment. In the confusion and hurry late Friday afternoon, the spices had been placed on Jesus' body, but not the ointment. The women came to finish the job of embalming. And what did they find when they got there? The stone rolled away, an empty tomb. And all four Gospels agree on this fact. The women did not have the slightest clue as to what had happened. They were not looking for a resurrection. An angel told them what had happened and still they didn't believe it. Mark puts it this way in chapter 16. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And John says that when Mary left, she found Peter and John and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him luke adds kind of the final detail in all of this when the women told the rest of the disciples uh, that jesus had risen from the dead luke 24 they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense nonsense i mean no one rises from the dead i mean not after three days not after being beaten and scourged not after being crucified not after hanging on a cross for six hours Not after having a sword thrust in his side. Not after being covered with 150 pounds of spices and wrapped in a suffocating burial cloth. Not after being sealed in a tomb. No, the odds were against it. It's impossible. I mean, Jesus, he was such a nice man. He meant well. He did so much good. We all loved him. We walked with him down the dusty roads. We saw him walk on water. We laughed when he told off the Pharisees. And how about that time he did the miracle with the loaves and the fishes? We thought that was great. Sure, he said he'd rise again. We all believed it. I I think he believed it, too. He had never been wrong before. So, sure, we believed it. Why not? He said he was the Son of God. We're going to miss him. Wouldn't it have been great if he had risen? Well, he tried. We all know that. And Mark sixteen eleven says, When they heard that Jesus was alive, they did not believe it. Simple. It's too hard to believe otherwise. It goes against nature. So they didn't. Now we all know the rest of the story, but I don't want to get to that just yet. I want to point out that the people who knew Jesus best and loved him most had grave doubts. They could not and would not believe it. I mean, what thoughts concerning the dead Jesus filled the minds of Joseph of Arimathea, of Nicodemus and the other disciples as well as the apostles and the pious women? Well, they believed him to be dead and they did not expect him to rise again from the dead, at least not in the accepted sense of it. Of this there is abundant evidence from the moment of his death in the burial spices brought by Nicodemus, in those prepared by the women, in the sorrow of the women at the empty tomb, in their supposition that the body had been moved, in the perplexity and the bearing of the apostles, in the doubts of so many, and indeed in the express statement, for as yet they knew not the scripture. That he must rise again from the dead. Well, friends, this leads us to this conclusion. The people who knew Jesus best and loved him the most had grave doubts on Sunday morning, did not expect a resurrection, and had to be convinced against their own will. Now, what was it that finally convinced them? It was Jesus. The tomb was empty. The angel said he'd risen. I mean, all that could be explained. But Jesus himself appeared to them, alive from the dead. The same Jesus, the one they'd watched die. He appeared and they saw him. They talked to him. They touched him. They heard his voice. They looked into his face. They watched him closely. And it was true. Jesus had come back from the dead. Against all their expectations, the truth came back home to them. Jesus had risen from the dead. And that brings us back to our original question. Can a person who calls themselves a Christian, a Christ follower, ever doubt the resurrection of Jesus, the Messiah? Well, yes, indeed. For the ones who knew him best and loved him most doubted at the first. And friends, it's no sin to doubt. Sometimes doubts come not from hatred, but from love. The disciples loved Jesus so much they refused to believe the truth at first because they didn't want to be disappointed. They didn't want to sully the memory of Jesus by believing wild rumors that might not come true. Now, you can't blame them. I mean, love made them doubt, and then it made them believe. Now, there was a disciple whose name was Thomas, and we call him Doubting Thomas. Now, somehow he missed the first meeting on Easter Sunday. I think he was so heartbroken that he simply went off by himself to suffer alone. When the news came of Jesus' resurrection, he couldn't believe it. After all these years, Thomas has gotten a bad reputation. But you know something, friends, he's no worse than the others. They didn't believe it first either. He said, unless I see him and unless I touch him, I'm not going to believe. Now, we tend to look down on Thomas. But you know something Jesus didn't? He said, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. And then he said, stop doubting And believe. See, Jesus didn't put him down. He said, go ahead, see for yourself. Make up your own mind. Stop doubting and believe. What I'm saying, friends, is this. Doubters are welcome at the empty tomb. Our Lord welcomes Easter questions. All that Christianity asks is that men be consistent with themselves, sift the evidence, judge the record, examine the testimony, then come to your conclusion. It's all right to doubt, but don't let your doubts keep you away. I mean, Jesus himself asked this question of those who came to him. What do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? Now, before you answer, here is the evidence for you to consider. Go to the tombs of the founders of the great world religions and call the roll. Muhammad, here. Buddha, here. Confucius, here. Moses, here. Jesus, No answer, because he's not there. The tomb is empty. I mean, doubt if you will, but the tomb is still empty because he's not there. He's risen, just as he said. Now, in the early church, Christians greeted each other this way. One would say, he is risen. Another would answer, he is risen indeed. Friends, it is true, and we have staked our lives upon it. Can a person who calls themselves a Christ follower ever doubt the resurrection? Well, the answer must be yes, for the ones who knew him best and loved him most doubted it at the first. But we cannot leave the matter there. Thomas bowed before Jesus and said, My Lord and my God. And then John said in chapter twenty, These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Friends, no one can remain neutral forever. You can bring your doubts to the empty tomb. But you must make a choice. You can't sit on the fence forever. Doubting is no sin. But at some point, you've got to stop doubting and start believing. Either you believe or you don't. Now, this is an Easter Sunday morning. It's a wonderful day to make a choice. It's a great day to stop doubting and start believing. You know that Jesus died. There's no doubt about it. You know that he died for you. You know that he rose from the dead. The question God is asking you is very simple. What have you done with my son? Jesus said, stop doubting and believe. Father, we thank you for the beauty of Easter. We rejoice that our deepest questions are answered with the simplicity of an empty tomb. Lead us into the garden of the resurrection where we may meet our risen Lord. May we never again live as if Jesus were dead. And may those who doubt... Now believe and find life through his name. Amen. Till next time, friends, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.